There are a lot of conspiracy theories about what's going to happen on the 20th. And it's not just a right wing thing like the left or the media would have you believe, because there's actually left wing conspiracy theories as well. And look, I'll tell you this. Something weird is happening in D.C., but something weird happened a couple weeks ago. Large group of Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol building, and it's weird. We are not in normal times. Anybody who's going to tell you they can predict what's going to happen probably won't end up being correct. And I'll say that for myself, but I think it's fair to say there is a very large chance, in all likelihood, Joe Biden is inaugurated, then they remove the troops from D.C., and then we'll see where we go from there. I kind of feel like escalation is still on the menu because, well, everybody feels that way. And that's just the direction we're pointed in. I wish it weren't the case, but even the establishment fears an inside job. This is where everything starts to get very strange. Defense officials fear there could be an inside attack during Biden's inauguration and will vet all 25,000 National Guard troops stationed in D.C. as army reservist with secret security clearance is arrested in Capitol siege. Did you know there were active duty members of the armed forces who were arrested uh, for, due to their participation in the riots at the Capitol? Active duty. Yeah. So the Democrats and the Pentagon are quite scared with 25,000 armed National Guard shoot to kill orders. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little too much. Let me make sure I just get the, the, the language correct on the National Guard. Authorized to use lethal force. The dramatic escalation in authorities granted to the 20,000 Guard troops stationed in D.C. is only the latest response to last week's massive security failure. I've seen a lot of people saying it's weird that the National Guard is out here full, full kit. They have their weapons like they have rifles. And they have been given authorization to kill people. That's really weird. One retired, I believe it was a retired general said they've not, we've not had this level of security for an inauguration since Abraham Lincoln. So something is certainly happening, but we've not had a large group of people storming the Capitol. I guess they're saying since, you know, the war of 1812 or whatever, when the British did it. I do think there's a big difference between a foreign adversary storming into a government building and American citizens angry with the American government doing it. Neither are good, but there's a big difference between war and mass unrest. I'm glad we have the security. I am. I, I think we'll need a lot of it. I don't know about 25,000 <laughs> National Guard troops. I don't think we'll need that much. But a lot of people are freaked out by it. And it's not just the, the vetting. It's also the statement put out by the Joint Chiefs of Staff warning troops against sedition and insurrection before Biden's inauguration. I got to tell you, the Pentagon is terrified that there are Trump loyalist National Guardsmen and military personnel, and there probably are. There's a lot of crazy stuff I've heard. You know, I'm sorry, I can't do the conspiracy theories on the left or the right. I don't care. I just... It's 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 nonsense, okay? That Trump was a Russian, Trump was working with the KGB. Just oh, it's just it's ridiculous. But don't get me wrong, it's not just the Russiagate stuff. The left has a new fringe crazy conspiracy, and the media doesn't really cover it a whole lot. And then we have the people on the right who think, you know, trust the plan because it's going to come through, and it just never come through. I've heard so much. Oh, you know, oh, oh, two weeks ago, 
You know, Trump is going to enact this executive order and nothing happens. I remember they said Trump's going to win on, uh, uh, on, on November 3rd. And then they waited and called it for Biden. And then I heard, well, Trump needed to lose. They needed to call it for Biden so that the treason would be solidified, right? Because attempted treason isn't a crime. So then when nothing happened and the court lost and the lawsuits failed, they said, well, you've got to wait for certification on the 14th when they vote. You have to wait for the vote. That solidifies the treason. And then nothing happened. And then, well, we got to wait until January 6th. And then storming of the Capitol happened. But then Biden. So listen, I don't know what's going to happen. But I just think everybody needs to chill out on the craziest theories. We're sitting back. We're, we're, we're watching. We're being cautious and prepared. And we'll see. And I think in all likelihood, as I've said since, you know, since the, the I believe the seventh, just after probably the seventh or eighth, it's going to be Joe Biden. OK, the only I don't even want I don't even bring it up, but maybe Kamala Harris for some reasons. But let me let me read this story. and We'll see what's going on. Daily Mail, Daily Mail reports. U.S. defense officials say they are worried about an insider attack during president-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, prompting the FBI to vet all of the 25,000 National Guard troops coming into Washington. The massive undertaking reflects the extraordinary security concerns that have gripped Washington following the deadly January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by pro-Trump writers. I just want to mention I'm glad that we're officially in the historic confirmation territory of it was an insurrection. Look, it was a bunch of angry Americans who had no idea what was going on and no idea what they were doing. And I'm not trying to be uh, uh, emotionally loaded in these statements. I'm trying to just give you the facts. Clearly, there was no plan. They stormed in. A bunch of people walked in because the cops let them in and they bumbled around confused quite a bit, not knowing where they were going. I'm sure some of them maybe had ideas of what they want to do, but nobody was coordinated. They call that insurrection. They say it also underscores fears that some of the very people assigned to protect the city over the next several days could present a threat to the incoming president and other VIPs in attendance. One army reservist with secret security clearance has already been arrested for his alleged part in the Capitol siege earlier this month. Timothy Hale Cusinelli, 30 of New Jersey, was described in court papers as an avowed white supremacist and Nazi sympathizer who allegedly encouraged other violent rioters before being charged Friday. The riot at the Capitol, which left five people dead, has led to a reckoning unprecedented in American history. President Donald Trump told the crowd to march to the Capitol and that you'll never take back a country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. He also said we're going to peacefully march and then cheer on some politicians. Please provide full context, Daily Mail. An Associated Press review of public records, social media posts and video from Friday shows at least 22 current or former members of the U.S. military or law enforcement have been identified as being at or near with more than a dozen others under investigation, but not yet named at or near. Spare me. A lot of people were there to see Trump speak. And after he did, a lot of those people, almost all of them actually left. I've been given different estimates, but most people I have said at least a couple hundred thousand people in D.C. for Trump. And a few thousand went to the Capitol and actually stood on the Capitol grounds. And a few hundred actually went inside the Capitol. We'll see how things play out. I think the whole thing was, was a big mistake, but we'll see. They say, in many cases, those who stormed the Capitol appeared to employ tactics, body armor, and technology such as two-way radio headsets that were similar to those of the very police they were confronting. That is, that is ridiculous. You can buy walkie-talkies at REI. You know, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, my friends. I'm looking at these photos. I'm looking at these videos of the National Guard. 
Look at these here actual U.S. Army and National Guard personnel. They seem to all be fit and well equipped. And then I'm looking at these videos of the militia members and some of these protests that happened with the Boogaloo Boys. They're very out of shape, very out of shape and overweight. Okay, listen, you've got the National Guard. Maybe some of them have sympathies. You'd have to get some commanding officer who has a plan and wants to wants to take some action or whatever. I just don't see that happening. Maybe we really are in, you know, unprecedented times, to say the least. I'd like to divert uh, refer to normalcy bias, as I often would. But nothing about what's going on right now is normal. This is not this has not happened since the 18, 1860s. That's what they're saying. We've not had this level of security. We've not had a storming of the Capitol since 1812. Something weird is happening. Something is freaking these people out to the point where the Joint Chiefs had to issue a warning to troops. They had to tell the the armed forces, don't you support Donald Trump? And I don't think people are going to care. Listen, if you really believe that there are Trump supporters who are that loyal to him, that they would defy the constitutional process we've gone through thus far, or they believe it wasn't legitimate, then there's nothing you can say. Nothing. Nothing. I'll stress this again, because I made this point a couple weeks ago and a couple weeks before that. I've made this point in videos going back a couple years. A military coup is not some commanding officer saying, "Okay, gentlemen, let's go stage a coup and support Donald Trump. That won't happen. I'll tell you what will happen. They'll say, hey, um, we have, you know, new orders. Go and guard the White House. That's it. And they won't know why. And it's a reasonable order. We're going to guard the White House. Sounds good. But you don't know where that order comes from. You see the problem? This message sent out from the Joint Chiefs is meaningless. Meaningless. Okay? The message must be to the to the officers or to the, the ranking individuals who would give who would potentially give orders. I, I told you this story before about the Bosphorus Bridge in Turkey. I I don't know, you know, where we're at in the story because I've not covered this since it happened. But soldiers went to this bridge in Turkey and were guarding it. The media then reported they were staging a coup. Civilians then came and dragged away the soldiers and beat them to death. My understanding at the time was that these soldiers were just given a a kind of blanket, normal sounding order like, hey, we got to secure this bridge. There's a maybe, maybe a terror attack. And they went, you got it. Not realizing what was really going on around them because it's need to know. They're not going to tell all the lower ranking National Guardsmen the orders you're being given are to subvert the Constitution. Why would they say that? They want loyalty. They would just tell you, hey, everybody, go and shut down this road. We got we got a threat. So we're going to you know keep everybody safe. Then they do it. And then before they realize it, they're blocking the road and Biden can't get in. Who knows? So I don't understand why they're putting out this message. It's not going to do anything. Here's what they Vox reports in a statement sent out to the entire U.S. military. All eight members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff condemned the Capitol insurrection. Top military officials prefer to stay out of anything tinged with politics. For one to say something after last last week's event would be noteworthy and rare enough for all eight joint chiefs to speak it together in a message to the joint force, no less, shows just how perilous they deem the moment to be saying the violent riot in D.C. on January 6 was a direct assault on the U.S. Congress and uh, the U.S. Congress, the Capitol building and the constitutional process. The letter signed by all joint uh, all eight uh, joint chiefs reads. We witnessed actions inside the Capitol building that were inconsistent with the rule of law, 
The rights of freedom of speech and assembly do not give anyone the right to resort to violence, sedition and insurrection. As service members, we must embody the values and ideals of the nation. We support and defend the Constitution. Any act to disrupt the constitutional process is not only against our traditions, values and oath, it is against the law. President-elect Joe Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th commander in chief. Well, Trump could subvert this letter by resigning right now so that Mike Pence becomes president because then Joe Biden would be the 47th president, which would be one of the stupidest things. But I've heard people say that that would be ridiculous. They say there are likely two main reasons why the Joint Chiefs, uh, Joint Chiefs Chair Army General Mark Milley and the seven others felt the need to pen the letter. First, veterans and possibly even some active duty troops were allegedly involved in the attack. We know that's true now. Second, the Joint Chiefs tend to speak out when something really egregious has happened, and there's no question the Capitol insurrection fits the bill. They have developed a finely tuned political radar on when to weigh in. For, uh, they, they go on to mention, yeah, yeah. for example, after Donald Trump said some attendees of the 2017 rally in Charlottesville were very fine people, all the Joint Chiefs spoke out against racism and bigotry. And that's a hoax that, that Donald Trump said, that they were, he's, he was not talking about the white nationalists. Just look up the transcripts and watch the video. This is a re- that, that moment was a very serious red pill moment for a lot of liberals when they heard over and over again that Trump referred to very fine people in a strange way. When you actually watch the video, you can see that he actually condemns the white nationalist totally. He said they should be condemned totally, but references there were some regular people who were there who didn't want to see a statue torn down. I can understand why st- tearing down statues is dangerous. I'm not a fan of Confederate statues, and I don't think they should be, should have been put up in the first place, and they should they should be put in a museum. That's my opinion. However, I think the general idea peop, general idea many of those defending the, the statues had was that we were trying to mend the nation after the Civil War, and so you know, a couple within within a several decades afterwards, they agreed you know to, to put up statues, and that was kind of the point. We had two factions, two large factions fighting, and so there had to be some kind of acceptance or so, or so. Reconstruction ended in 1876 after another election, which was so contested, it almost resulted in a civil war breaking out again. Now we're at a point where people are fighting over, over ideology and the left seems to be gaining most of the ground. The worrying thing I see, well, actually, I can't, I can't tell you what I'm, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. 25,000 troops. Why? That's really weird, isn't it? 25. The number keeps going up. Now, I don't know what's going on, man. I know some people in D.C. I know a lot of people in D.C. And they're telling me, like, this is weird. You know, maybe it's because the, the capital thing has, has never happened before. And they're worried about angry American people. But something just is, is they're worried about something. So I don't know what's going to happen. But to have National Guard authorized to use lethal force, to have now 25,000 reportedly coming in, that's unprecedented. And some people have even said that the official request was only for a few hundred support. But now we're in the 25,000? Well, I'll tell you this. There's a couple conspiracy theories. The right has the conspiracy theory that Trump has boxed in D.C. with troops that are under the control of the acting secretary of defense which is a Trump loyalist. And the left has very much the same conspiracy. Isn't it funny? But you'll only ever hear from the media criticizing the right wing conspiracies. They won't call it the left wing conspiracy theories where, I mean, look, the Democrats are freaking out. The Pentagon is freaking out. The left truly believes that there are, uh, uh, you know, white supremacists and, and Trump loyalists. 
to the point where they need to vet all these these soldiers. We also know that there was re- recently Joe, uh, Joe Biden had to. Well, let me let me let me read you the story. Joe Biden to have new Secret Service team amid concern about Trump loyalty. I've heard this story was fake news. A lot of people called out saying this is ridiculous. It's not true. But it was reported far and wide that there were concerns. The Secret Service presidential detail was loyal to Trump, and that was dangerous for Joe Biden. So they were bringing in Secret Service agents that worked the Obama administration and knew Biden. Maybe it's all true. Maybe both conspiracies are right. Maybe it's true that Donald Trump did send in 25,000 armed National Guard to box in D.C. so that anybody who comes in for the inauguration will essentially be surrounded by soldiers under the command of Trump. And what would happen? Let me tell you this, the danger here and why I'm I'm concerned about the level of, 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 you know, soldiers we have on the ground. What happens if there's some guy? Do you do? Hold on. Hold on. You know, let me let me slow down. Name your congressperson. Were you able to do it? Okay, many of you probably were. I'm sure many of you probably weren't. Name your senator. Okay, that's a lot easier. Many of you probably were able to name your senators. Name your state rep. Name your state senator. Anybody? Okay, maybe some of you. How about your state general assembly member or or uh, rep? Probably can't. Most people can't. They don't know. Do you think these National Guardsmen do? Do you think they know? What happens now that they've been given authorization for use of lethal force if they're instructed to take action to, to any degree up and up into like seriously lethal force against someone and they don't know who it is? What happens if a car is coming in and they're ordered to stop the car and the guy inside is, is, is a member of Congress and they say you can't come in? We don't know. We don't we don't know who you are. Do you think your average National Guardsman is going to know if they're given an order to stop that vehicle? Look, a lot of people have messaged me saying I have no idea how orders and the military work. You're correct. You're 100% correct. I'm only basing this off of what I've seen in other countries with how orders are given to the military. And I've seen some pretty messed up stuff. Most of the stuff that I that, that I have seen, like the most egregious stuff through through video files and, and the media and uh, other journalists, I've seen some stuff on the ground that's been particularly brutal. But I'll tell you. If an order was given and it was not particularly unreasonable, do you th- like you need to just ask yourself, what would you do if you were ordered to save someone's life, but you didn't know what was going on? These are not easy situations to navigate. And everybody thinks they know. Everybody does. And even many right wingers talk about a good guy with a gun and stuff like that. Well, I certainly am now a big fan of Second Amendment. And you can check out my Instagram. Go to Instagram.com slash Timcast because I put up a video the other day of cherishing the Second Amendment with a uh, 308 rifle. Um, I also recognize if someone enters a, a hot situation in, a, in an urban center and they're shooting, you don't know who the bad guy is. The cops don't know who the bad guy is. It's very hard to determine if just people are shooting at each other. You need to make everybody stop. And so it can be tough. If there's a car, you know, driving and a National Guard is given an order and it's not unreasonable and they're stopping it, it could very well be in favor of Trump or Biden. We don't know. That's my concern here. Lethal force on American citizens sounds horrifying because you don't know who's going to be doing what. You don't know if there's going to be a guy in plain clothes. Turns out he's, uh, you know, working in the government who gets blocked or arrested even. And what happens if, you know... I don't know. You, you, you get the point. Okay, I think you get the point. 
Conspiracy theories on both sides suggest something similar, and they're scared about what Trump may do and what these National Guard may do. Like I mentioned, you've got the people on the fringe right believing that this was all part of Trump's plan. I swear, this is the craziest conspiracy. They believe that the storming of the Capitol was a pretext so that under the guise of riot control, Trump could move in the National Guard without objection from Democrats or from the left. And that's what's happened. Kind of. I think, yeah, it's, I don't think Trump planned the storming. I think it hurt really bad. It was bad. But as you can see, the establishment elites and the left are very worried about what these National Guard might do to the point where they've issued a letter warning them not to do this. But like I said, I've explained in great detail, it doesn't matter. They're there. The troops are there. The orders they get will come from the Pentagon and likely the acting secretary of defense, Donald Trump will probably give instruction or he won't. We saw Mike Lindell, the My, My Pillow guy, go and meet with Trump. And when he left, he had a stack of papers. A photographer took a picture of those papers and we can see on it some references to the Insurrection Act and declaring martial law. No idea. I, have, I don't know. I'm worried about what's coming in the next couple of days. For the most part, there is a normalcy bias that it wants to ignore everything we're seeing and just say eh, Biden's going to be inaugurated and then people are going to grumble. But things are, are hotter in this country than they've been in a long time, apparently since 1812 or 1860, the 1860s with, with Abraham Lincoln's inauguration. I believe it was 1860s. So I can't tell you, man. I can't tell you. Normalcy bias and seems to make no sense. Optimism bias may be the right call, but it depends on what your optimistic uh, is. If you're a Trump supporter, you're optimistic about Trump winning and pessimistic about Biden. If you're a Biden supporter, you're optimistic about Biden winning and pessimistic about Trump winning. And for all, as far as I can tell, we have just been moving in the direction of Joe Biden being inaugurated every step of the way. That's what I said after the seventh. It is a 99. Well, after the seventh, I said it was like a 97 or 95 percent chance it was going to be Joe Biden because this was before all the lawsuit attempts. Then once the lawsuit started failing, I was like 99.999 percent Biden. And that's where I'm at right now. But maybe I'm wrong because 25,000 shoot to kill troops. I shouldn't say shoot to kill. It's probably disrespectful. It's authorization for use of lethal force is crazy. And I'm seeing some videos from locals where they're like, what is this? So we'll see, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Truth and reconciliation, re-education, deprogramming. These words are getting thrown around in mainstream media quite a bit these days and over the past several months. We now have a new release from Project Veritas showing Vijaya Gade and Jack Dorsey, the people I was on the Joe Rogan podcast with, talking about censorship ramping up. There's going to be a lot more. And we know exactly where this is going. They say conspiracy theories. That's what they're going to go after. Are they going after leftist conspiracy theories, though? No, of course not. It's only the right. So we can uh, rest assured that Jack Dorsey's unhinged view of the world will become the dominant worldview on Twitter, which will be the guiding factor of journalism and then Democratic politicians. The good news, I guess, is that with the censorship of conservatives, they won't be exposed to the absurdity of their conspiracy worldview, I guess. I don't think it matters. I don't think censorship works, and we've seen it throughout history just not working. 
But aside from the Project Veritas release, the big story we have, are, they're both pretty big stories. We'll go through them. CNN segment. They, they, on this segment, they equate conservatives on YouTube and social media with the Islamic State. Yes, I kid you not. And they talk about what we can do to get rid of them. My favorite is when they mention that there are certain YouTube channels that have a bigger reach than daytime CNN. Oh, poor babies over at CNN. They don't like that their ratings are, even though their ratings have gone up, still doing worse than ours. Welcome to reality, you lunatics. I remember when Blockbuster Video went out of business. I'm sure Blockbuster lobbied in some way. Well, I shouldn't say that. But I'd imagine any major corporation facing its demise thrashes about violently in the death throes as it sinks and drowns in the water. Grasping at straws, ban them, they're drowning us. Too bad, CNN. Well, if CNN has their way, if Twitter has their way, they will purge as many channels and as many individuals as possible from Twitter to YouTube. Here's the story from the Sarah Carter show. CNN segment segment discusses removing conservative media and forcing everyone into the, quote, same conceptual reality. No, 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 I, I got to stop for a second. There are benefits to a shared reality. No, 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 hold on. What I mean is there was a time when we only had a few channels because the technology was in its infancy. Go back 100 years or so. Well, not even 100 years. I mean, when we had radio, right? It was much more difficult to disseminate information in this way. We had newspapers. Now, these outlets made their mistakes. These outlets had their lies and there was yellow journalism and there were serious problems. But everybody kind of agreed on what they were hearing and what they thought. Today, because of the Internet, everyone can just choose to go wherever they want. It's actually a point brought up by this former Facebook uh, official or you know, executive. I don't, I don't know his exact position. His name is Alex Stamos. That because of social media, people can just choose to find a community and believe whatever they want. And there are problems there. Because people end up believing insane psychobabble on the left and the right. So I tell you, when you come to me and say, we got a problem with conspiracies, conspiracy theories, I'm going to tell you two things. For one, the censorship clearly isn't working. You ban all of these people. They're still out doing their thing, gaining a following, making money. You don't know what you are doing. All you do when you censor people is give up your ability to communicate with them and they go find another way. Now. Second thing, if you're going to be censoring people, only censoring the side you don't like doesn't solve the problem. Jack, listen, you do not live in reality. You don't know what regular Americans are thinking. For that matter, you don't know what regular Canadians, Mexicans or Ugandans are thinking. You are on leftist bubble Twitter where you're seeing fringe opinions and probably just following the bottom line of your company. Because as long as the journalists won't write bad things about the left, these psychotic leftist conspiracy theories persist. They are now vetting the 25,000 National Guard being called into D.C. terrified that there's going to be an inside job. Are you kidding me? Wow. Going back to the you know 2000s, I remember when all of the media was basically unified in saying that truthers, you know what I'm talking about, were unhinged conspiracy theorists. Now you have the left terrified of a potential uh, inside job from the National Guard. And I just roll my eyes. OK, fine. If that's where we're at, let these people go on and scream Russia all day and night. Fine. But if you're going to censor people, can you can you, you know, at least keep it balanced? 
Here's the report. A segment on reliable sources featuring Brian Stelter and former executive Alex Stamos discussing turning down the capability, discussed turning down the capability of conservative media outlets by preventing AT&T, Comcast and Verizon from bringing them into tens of millions of homes. The two lamented the influence of conservative outlets and personalities, especially since some have a larger audience than daytime CNN. Oh, I love it. The solution, according to these two, take outlets off television and social media platforms, but still allow people to seek the content if they really want to. Is what we heard, quote, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger audience than daytime CNN. Well, they go on to say there's there's, you know, YouTubers that have larger audience than daytime CNN who espouse crazy conspiracy nonsense. Well, I guess from their perspective, they could be talking about someone like me, but uh, I don't spew crazy conspiracy nonsense. Now, I'll remind you all. The left will like to claim that I do. Why? Because I'll call them out and tell them they're wrong. And when I do, they say, that's a conspiracy theory. Okay, calm down. For instance, the fraud thing. Media Matters recently wrote a smear against my podcast, Timcast IRL, because we simply said that Donald Trump gave concrete examples of voter fraud. That's it. What does that mean? It means that Trump could have given... Uh, He could have made statements about fraud or he could have said, here's an example of what fraud is a concrete example. We did not say that Trump was right. We did not say that, you know, Trump was the real winner or it was all none of that because we don't subscribe to that belief. But boy, do they want to come after us? Why? We get better ratings than CNN. Well, what can I say? And we really do. Most of the people who watch my videos are in the key demographic that CNN wants. Now, CNN's really improved their key demo audience. Daytime CNN, CNN in the gutter relative to my content. Now, I'll tell you, I've I've lowered the amount of content I've been producing quite a bit recently. I think things need to simmer down a little bit. And we're focusing a lot more on the Timcast IRL podcast. So if you want to support us, you can go to Timcast.com, sign up to become a member, and we'll have more exclusive members only content coming up soon. We just have one segment for now as we're getting into the flow of things. But I digress. They don't like the competition. And that's the real issue here. And I think that's the real issue for Twitter as well. Take a look at this from Project Veritas. Twitter senior executive details plans for political censorship on a global scale. A lot of work that we've been doing over the last week is work that we've built on in other places. We've built on in other places. This is our global approach. Vijayagade, Twitter legal policy, trust and safety lead. One of the interesting things, quote, this is a quote is that a lot of the work that we've been doing in the last week is work that we've built on in other places around the world where we've seen violence unfold as a result of either misleading information or coded rhetoric. Could it be that the unhinged paranoia of the anti-police individuals on Facebook led to Black Lives Matter? I don't know if you've heard me tell the story before, but I'll explain it to you for those that aren't familiar. There was a period where police brutality videos were in the top 500 global websites. Like there's a a website dedicated to nothing but police brutality. Why? It got traffic. You see, anger gets more shares than anything. And people calling for justice feels good. So on Facebook, they started, you started seeing the rise of these videos. There's a really good rap song. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's actually really, really good. And it's, and it's complaining about police brutality. I think it's totally noble and legit. I think police brutality is a really bad thing. And I think we have to solve that problem. 
I don't think that cops are going around hunting people down and killing them. Okay, how did we get from complaining about police brutality and wanting accountability to claiming that police forces are going around hunting people? You see what happens when you have unhinged conspiracies and then Black Lives Matter goes around burning everything to the ground. So what about that violence as a result of misleading information and coded rhetoric, Vijaya? Yeah, I don't think you actually care. Now, they're trying to prop up authoritative voices across the board, which will probably result in some kind of simmering down. The problem is the young people who have already been swimming in the refuse are now working at these news organizations. And so the leftist insane conspiracies are becoming particularly prevalent uh, in these news organizations. Let me start by saying the Q stuff, the, the, the right wing conspiracy, the pro Trump, take out the cabal. It is absurd nonsense. They've been wrong every step of the way. Maybe there's some morsel of truth periodically in some of this stuff, but for the most part, it's just wrong. Now I'll tell you what is true. Well, a political party, the Democrats, are putting pressure on major corporations to excise their political rivals. Now they're demanding that the 25,000 National Guardsmen in D.C. to guard the inauguration be vetted to make sure they're loyal. We also have the Secret Service being rotated to some degree, so they report, because they're concerned about whether or not the Secret Service will be loyal to Joe Biden. Hmm. Loyalty tests for our soldiers. Interesting. The corporate, the lucrative merger of corporation and state for the suppression of political ideology. I wonder that what, what, what that is called. I think it's some kind of ism, I'd imagine. Maybe it starts with an F, if you know what I mean. The left is the one pushing all of this. The right, for the most part, is the one saying, stop. You do have fringe conspiracy kooky elements on the right. Don't get me wrong. And I think a lot of these people have lost it. And no matter how much they're proven wrong, how many times it's proven to not be true, they won't let it go. And it's a bummer, man. I do know some flat earth people. Seriously. I know a dude, he went total flat earth. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, you can do these experiments yourself. You can climb a building and, like, measure shadows. That's how we did it the first time. We did it, I think, in, like, 3 BC. Was it Aristosthenes? I think he was the guy who actually accurately uh, uh, mapped, uh, uh, calculated the circumference of the Earth. What did he do? He, like, looked at obelisk uh, shadows or something and measured the distance. Okay, it can be done. Anyway, I digress. On the left, you have this psychopathy, this this derangement and paranoid delusion about Trump and fascism and white supremacists being everywhere around every corner and about deep conspiracy elements with Russia and foreign governments and China. And the media does nothing about it. And Twitter does nothing about it. So here we go. Gade says we're actually going to be more aggressive in our enforcement beyond deamplification. A lot of our learnings here have come from other markets. So in that sense, you know, we do feel like it is. This is our global approach. You know what? I'm just sick of it. Just stop using Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to start posting less and less and less. I'm going to make I'm going to make a, a, a goal of it. I know that I've been I, I've said in the you know, recently, I really don't use it as a business tool anymore. I've actually been uh, uh, just kind of trolling for the most part. I still do tweet things I think are important. I'm just going to, you know, it's bad enough I post on YouTube as it is. So we're really trying to make, make a proprietary exclusive website at TimCast.com. It's in its infancy. We just launched last week. And the goal is just to get more and more content on our own servers and under our own control outside of these algorithms. We need to build a core base of support and, cust you know, essentially customers, as, as it were, audience members, so that we can actually start, you know, making that our bread and butter. 
Once we do that, we can start talking about things that these platforms will ban us for. And so uh, that's the plan. But I'm, I'm just looking at Twitter and what they're trying to do is to take their fringe, psychopathic, deranged bubble world and then force it over everybody else. They believe insane things for insane reasons. They ban th- people for insane reasons. And then we hear, we see how this leaks out into corporate America. Twitter is a nightmare and Jack Dorsey has gone insane. Now, that's an opinion. Let me clarify. I believe that Jack Dorsey was once a normal person. I believe he's from St. Louis. He seems like a nice guy. He understands some basic concepts, things like, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and technology. He built the platform. He says, I believe it was him who said this. They discovered Twitter because a lot of the behaviors that emerged on Twitter, they incorporated, but they didn't invent. I would say it's more of an emergent phenomenon based around the system you created, the algorithms and, you know, essentially what you've built. But to say that you built something and someone found out how to use it is a discovery is wrong. You built the system. People started using it in certain ways, a methodology. You're still responsible. Well, I believe Jack was normal for, 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 for a short period. But you see, on the left in these news organizations, they started tweeting and posting increasingly fervent, psychotic nonsense. Trump in Russia. Eh. And they believed it. And they all believed it. And in their bubble world, that's reality. Trump was a Russian asset. Look at how Rachel Maddow nearly cried when it came out. It was not true. Most of us knew it wasn't true. You see how they were breaking down. But there's no elements of the right in the control of this tech infrastructure or news media. Now, CNN is going, you know, aside from wanting to ban conservatives, they're 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 constantly messaging major carriers to ban Fox News, OAN and Newsmax. That's insane. You've gone insane. Oliver Darcy interviewed me a few years ago, and uh, I, I was talking about the slippery slope of banning opinions you don't like. He interviewed me for Business Insider before he worked for CNN. Imagine that a journalist who says, you know, th- this prominent journalist is speaking out against censorship. Me. Here we are four years later since that interview. I believe it was about four years. And I'm still fighting for the exact same principle of defending free speech. And where's Oliver Darcy writing newsletters where he says he complained to major carriers, but they refused to comment on banning Fox News, OAN and Newsmax. How did he go so far into this ideological zealotry? Because the left is swimming in a pool of their own refuse and they don't know. You know, it's like you, you, you're the guy who controls the release valve for the sewage buildup, but everybody is covered in sewage and throwing sewage. So you assume it's normal. Meanwhile, conservatives are wearing suits looking at you and they're like, look at them. They look so weird and different. They're crazy. Why aren't they covered in sewage like us, says Jack Dorsey and Oliver Darcy. This is the reality of where things are going. They're already suspending politicians. In this story from The Hill, Twitter temporarily suspends Marjorie Taylor Greene over multiple policy violations. Well, what about Ocasio-Cortez? OK, what about any what about Nancy Pelosi when she repeatedly was posting about how rigged the election was and how it was illegitimate? That was fine. But now Twitter is going to get rid of those on the right who say the exact same thing because they are swimming in their own refuse. It reminds me of that Futurama episode where Fry's is a flashback and, you know, it's called Jurassic Bark. It's where, you know, he has a dog and the dog is swimming around in the pizza sauce, eating as it swims. And then Fry says he, uh, he was like, he can do two things at once. Three things. 
Because the joke is the dog took a dump in the, I'm assuming, in the tomato sauce. That's what it reminds me of. Jack Dorsey and Jagade are swimming around in refuse, consuming it, and then regurgitating it. Because when you get these unhinged conspiracies on Twitter, unchecked on the left, and people hear it and believe it, and then they say it to a journalist, and the journalist writes about it, and then Jack Dorsey sees that story and believes it's true, and then enforces rules based on the unhinged paranoid delusions of the left. The cycle continues. Meanwhile, right-wing individuals, I think, are being insulated from this because they're being kicked off these platforms. It's actually kind of helping the right be more grounded. Don't get me wrong. Those who got wrapped up in the conspiracies on the right with the Q stuff have pretty much gone off the deep end. Not all, not every, everybody, but there's a lot of people I've talked to. I'm just like, bro, that's some crazy nonsense. Check this out. Drew Holden says, well, actually, hold on. Jake Tapper of CNN. I wish I saw evidence that any of the people who pushed the big lie about the election had a conscience. Okay, Jake. Drew Holden says, what Trump and others have done, read the election, has been reprehensible. But it's revisionist history to pretend that CNN wasn't actively supporting previous liberal incarnations of election conspiracy theories. Here we have Stacey Abrams refuses to concede Georgia's governor race, hoping for a runoff. And to this day, they still say it was stolen. Hillary Clinton calls President Trump illegitimate, calls Trump illegitimate president. During an interview with CBS, former Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton talked about why she thinks Trump continues to mention her name. That's right. The left has been espousing this with no accountability. And now Jack Dorsey has gone insane. And you can look at Twitter stock value dropping like 17 percent in the past week. Hilarious. They've gone, they've gone up quite a bit. I remember several years ago, Twitter was at like 17 bucks. And I, I had someone tell me like, dude, don't buy Twitter stock. Their user base is in decline. They did this thing where they had, they had daily active users and they switched to monthly active users. Because here's, here's my understanding. Or it could be the other way around. The general idea was, you know, they want to maximize the appearance of people using the platform when it wasn't happening and people were leaving. Now, Trump got elected. Trump started tweeting. Twitter became a big thing and everyone jumped on Twitter. And, you know, there we go. If it wasn't for Trump, Twitter probably would have collapsed. But I guess because their bread and butter is made off of Twitter. And, you know, it's Jack Dorsey and Vijay have always known that journalists are the key component of Twitter. I think 25% of all users on Twitter are of of blue checked users are journalists. That number may have changed in recent times, but, you know, going back, because it it makes sense. It's 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 a powerful journalistic tool. But then you end up with these journalists, like guzzling down these leftist conspiracy theories, and then posting them. I mean, look at it this way. Think about how they used to call Sargon of Akkad alt-right or whatever. Like the dude's whole shtick is anti-identitarianism. He goes on rants about identitarianism. Like that's his, okay, I shouldn't say Carl, Carl doesn't go on rants. He gives eloquent arguments. Check out his new uh, podcast, the Lotus Eaters podcast, but I digress. They were calling him alt-right. They're trying to get him banned. And the dudes like, so the alt-right are white identitarians. Sargon, in opposition to all that, that's the depravity of the unhinged conspiratorial left that persists to this day. You have a video right now of protesters, boogaloo protesters at state capitol buildings. One of them's got an Amer- a, a, a rainbow flag and one's wearing a Black Lives Matter sweater. And they're like, white supremacists are descending on the capitol. What? So I tweeted, 
Are white supremacists now appropriating rainbow flags? And they're like, yes, they are. I'm like, no, maybe they're not white supremacists, dude. The woman wearing a Black Lives Matter hoodie? Remarkable. There's a video where these people, like the, the, the Boogaloo people, are arguing with other people who, who are telling them they're white supremacists who are there in D.C. And they're like, no, we aren't. We have nothing to do with it. They're wearing like Hawaiian shirts. And they're like saying Black Lives Matter. And they believe in civil liberties and civil rights. And they're like the government. How amazing. You know, it may just be on purpose, though, I guess. I mean, there's the, the, the idea is Occupy Wall Street was a real threat. You had regular people of all walks of life and all political backgrounds outrage at the establishment and the banks. And then all of a sudden, identity politics popped in and basically chased everyone off. Aggressive, angry, I don't know, whatever you call them, like intersectional cultists took over. Conservatives didn't want to be there, neither did libertarians. And so it just became woke nonsense. Now you have people on the left arguing that in many ways, Oprah Winfrey is more oppressed than a homeless white, a white homeless veteran man. Well, he's a white male, though. He has inherent privileges. How insane is it that they have convinced the people of this country to unite against the poor, the poor white people? They're the bad guys. It used to be a leftist meme that they would convince you to blame the poor. There were comics where there's a like middle class guy with like three cookies. There's a rich guy with a big plate of cookies. And the rich guy is pointing angrily across the table at a poor guy who has half a cookie. And then the middle class guy is also looking at the poor guy. And I'm like, yes, 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 that's correct. The only difference now is he's telling the, the, the you know, the white liberals in the city the problem is white people and blaming the poor white guy who lost his job because his factory shut down and went to Mexico. It's, it, identity politics really did shatter the working class of this country. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a shame because if the populist left and right actually got their acts together and supported, say, like Brett Weinstein's unity candidacy, maybe they'd actually get rid of these crony corporatist, you know, trash mongers like Joe Biden. That's why I was much more in favor of Donald Trump. Donald Trump's got a lot of problems. He was not perfect on war, but the Abraham Accords, these new peace agreements were great. I wanted more of that. Trying to withdraw our troops. I said, okay, I'll vote for that if he's going to do it. And so that I and, and the critic banning critical race theory. But the left decided to back Biden. All right, well, here it goes. What we needed was some kind of ticket that includes just nothing about race and identity and, and any other stuff. Just like we're going to we're, we're going to be here for the working class. That's about it. And then we'll negotiate and we'll figure something out. Instead, the left and the right agree on basically like almost everything, but hate each other on like cultural issues as it always goes, as it always goes. You know, it's going to be abortion. It's going to be, you know, uh, right now, trans rights and things like that. I don't know how we get past those issues because culture issues are easy wedge issues. But if the left and the right ever figured out that they agreed on hating the, the big corporations and the, and, the, and the big banks, probably would make a big difference. But it's a, it, it, I guess it's a shame that the left was unwilling to support Donald Trump's, you know, uh, bull charge into the ivory tower and instead chose to elect the establishment crony corporatist of 47 years. I just I just it doesn't make sense to me. I, I get it. Trump's got problems, but I'll take that over the establishment. Well, censorship is coming and CNN is, is, is leading the charge. They've gone insane. Jack has gone insane. And they, all of these media outlets just think the right is insane. Let me just wrap it up with one final thought that you can take home. You can look this up. 
Oliver Darcy for Business Insider interviewed me. I defended the free speech of the alt-right, saying, yes, I don't like their opinions, but that's not what free speech is about. We must protect the right. Like, the only speech worth defending is the speech you don't like. Good speech that people all like doesn't need protecting. If we want to make sure that our speech is protected, we, that means we have to recognize that other people are allowed to say things we don't like. Oliver Darcy interviewed me, ran the story. Now today, he's leading the charge to get major cable channels re- removed from broadcast, you know, uh, from, from providers. How did he lose his mind so quickly? How did he become so radicalized? He's such an extremist now, an extremist. Listen, we can have an argument about how Fox News has, has got problems and OAN and Newsmax, I, I, we can criticize but it's extremism to be like, pull them off the air and demand providers do so. What radicalized Oliver Darcy? He's gone nuts. No joke. Why? Where'd you go, Oliver? What happened? I'm still in the exact same place I was several years ago. The big difference? I own guns now. That's new of this year. You can thank the riots. I've never been super anti-gun in any way, but uh, that's the biggest change for me for the most part. I complained about Trump for years. I agreed to support him because of his uh, second term annou- uh, policy announcements and some of the things I liked, and I'm still critical of him. And we just did an IRL podcast ep- you know, episode last week where we ragged on him for like 45 minutes. I'm never going to be a Trump flag waving MAGA hat guy, but there were things that he was doing that I preferred, and I definitely preferred him over the crony establishment. Oliver Darcy, however, takes the job at CNN and then just suckles, suckles the teat of corporate America and says what they want to say. Now he's trying to get his competition banned. And so is Brian Stelter. They've both gone nuts. I also also like to remind everybody it was actually Brian Stelter who was the first person to interview me after Occupy Wall Street. What happened to these people once championing independent media and activist voices and individuals rising up to challenge the machine now working on behalf of the machine for CNN. I'll tell you what it was. The bottom line was threatened. And CNN was probably like, we're gonna have to fire everybody. And they said, we'll propagandize everyone into believing the problem is our competition to save our sinking ship. Disgusting. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Stick around and I will see you all then. Over the past several years, many on the right have made jokes about getting sent to the gulags in the future as the far left gains more and more control in our government and around the world. Recently, Democrats maintained control of the House. They narrowly won the Senate only because they've won the presidency. And the jokes about getting sent to the gulag have begun ramping up. Now, this big story isn't about the U.S., it's about Germany. But, uh, well, every joke has its truth. The New York Post reports that German quarantine breakers will be held in refugee camps and detention centers. Gee, where have I seen this one before? I think it's a really, really bad idea. And it just shows the nightmarish reality of what we're going through. It wasn't that long ago, the World Health Organization scientist came out, one of the top scientists saying lockdowns should be only a last resort. And there are some studies saying that lockdowns effectiveness are questionable. Considering the damage to our economies, the amount of money that's being printed and borrowed, the devastation, the anger, the rioting, the suicide, perhaps we need to reconsider this. Well, that's actually going to be happening in Switzerland. Apparently, there's going to be a large convening of the minds of European authorities over whether or not the lockdowns are truly worth pursuing. 
We're already seeing riots in many parts of the world. We've seen riots all across Europe. We just saw over 600 people arrested in Tunisia over this. In the Netherlands, I believe they arrested around around 100. And Austria is announcing they're extending their lockdowns. What you have to understand is that the, the cure can be worse than the disease. Something Trump kept saying over and over again. Now, even though we have the vaccine being rolled out, they're saying you could still get it. You could still spread it. But the vaccine prevents the symptoms, which means those without it may actually still be getting it. And the pandemic is, I guess, expected to go on forever. Strangely, though, and coincidentally, just around the the time of Joe Biden being uh, certified by the joint session of Congress on January 6th, several Democratic politicians have come out saying we need to reopen our businesses. Interesting. Okay, well, the big story is what's going on in Germany. And what I find fascinating about this story is that we recently saw a movie come out called Songbird. Songbird, which many of you may have heard of, is about COVID-23. It is a dystopian, nightmarish thriller where there is a fourth generation mutated strain, I suppose, called COVID-23. And people who get sick get sent to Q zones. The bad guys in the film are the government corrupt government officials detaining people and sending them to camps. And now it's actually going to happen, at least in Germany. Well, I certainly hope that the Democrats in the US are serious when they say they want to start reopening things. And I hope we get back to what normal is. But I got to say, I don't think so. I really don't see the people who have seized power just giving that power up. Right now in Washington, D.C., we have, what, 25,000 National Guard fully armed. And a lot of people are saying, Why would that ever go back to normal? If they have the power, they'll keep it. There's been no resistance. Well, let's read what's going on in Germany, and I'll give you some context about the severity of the lockdowns and what it's leading to. Mass unrest in North Africa and in Europe. Before we get started, however, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support my show and the TimCast IRL podcast. We have just launched the website. So there are some issues with logging in we are working through. You can send an email to members at TimCast.com. But when you become a member, you help make sure that in the uh, the great purge that's happening right now as people get banned across social media, you help make sure that I can continue working in the event they you know inevitably come for my channels. Facebook recently stripped my channel. of uh, they, they put some restrictions on it, effectively shutting it down, and have basically told me shove off, even though I did nothing wrong. Milk Toast Fencer or Tim Pool. That's right. A lot of people say, Tim, they're never going to come for you. You're fine. That's not true. The censorship is getting worse. If you want to help us make sure we can keep doing this work, go to TimCast.com, become a member. Let's get back and read the news. Before we do, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit that like button. The New York Post says, reports, German quarantine breakers to be held in refugee camps and detention centers. Germans who repeatedly refuse to quarantine after being exposed to COVID-19 will be held in detention centers and even under police guard, according to reports. Officials in the state of Saxony, which is experiencing one of the worst outbreaks in the in, in the European nation, have already approved plans to hold quarantine breakers in a fenced off section of a refugee camp. Another state, Brandenburg, also plans to use a section of a refugee camp in Schleswig-Holstein. Repeat offenders will be kept in a special area in a juvenile detention center, the report said. The state of Baden-Württemberg has two hospitals with rooms to hold the scofflaws, which will be guarded by police. 
The centers are aimed at detaining only those who continue to break lockdown even after being fined, the report said. States have been granted powers to do so under the Disease Protection Act, an emergency law that was passed by the German Bundestag last March and renewed in November, Dr. Christoph Degenhardt, an expert in administrative law, told Die Welt. Joanna Kotor, a member of the Populist Alternative for German Party, tweeted that those involved in the centers had been reading too much Orwell. As of Monday, Germany has seen more than 2 million confirmed cases of coronavirus and nearly 47,000 deaths. Now, listen, I get that there is death and there is sickness and permanent disabilities that come with COVID. But come on, man, when you start getting to the point where you're setting up detention centers for those uh, for these people, haven't you realized you've gone too far? Now, I'll tell you where this gets scary. There is a bill proposed. I don't know where it's at right now in the New York State Senate. It was introduced and it would allow the governor and anyone he deems fit to detain people who are suspected of being in contact with someone who might be sick. That's how far it goes. It's not just about being sick. It's that maybe you have an Amazon delivery driver and they think, you know, he's he's come into contact with someone and then he delivers that package and say, you've come into contact with him. Under this new bill, if it passed, became law, the governor could say, lock him up, send him to a detention center because he may be sick and he will go there until our doctors determine that it is safe for this person to be released. It's kind of scary that we've come to this point. But unsurprisingly, at least in popular culture, it's considered a bad thing. Now, the scary thing about this, Mashable says Songbird is a COVID inspired thriller that's scared of all the wrong things. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Scared of all the wrong things. Hold on, my friends. I am not a movie review channel. I'm not here to review an awful movie like Songbird. And it is awful. I'm here to point out the cultural issue of Mashable saying that the movie is scared of the wrong things. In the movie, there is a I, I'm, spoiler alert, I guess. The bad guy is a corrupt government official who is, well, I, don't, I won't spoil too much, but it's a corrupt government official. And there's fears that if you don't use your app to scan your forehead or whatever, you'll be sent to the Q zones. What do you mean it's scared of the wrong things? Shouldn't we be scared of the government rounding people up with no accountability and corrupt officials leading the charge? I'd certainly think so. Mashable writes, and they talk about the Q zones, they say, Director Adam Mason, who also wrote the film with Simon Boyes, quickly establishes that we're in 2024 and that LA has been under strict lockdown for four years and counting. Each resident is subject to daily health checks via mobile phone, after which the healthy are left to remain indoors for another day and the infected are whisked off to Q zones, overcrowded slums for which no one ever seems to return. The only people still allowed to roam the streets are munis, those immune to the virus, who have special yellow bracelets marking them as such. So the munis take on tasks like transporting packages and enforcing quarantine laws. And they go on to mention the, the main character and all this stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the movie. But the interesting thing I see about the movie, I, 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 watching it, is that they do want to make the bad guys an authoritarian government. The problem is they still have to support the narrative. The lockdowns in real life are good and we should continue them. Well, many of us have been saying, saying for a long time, perhaps we should lift the lockdowns 
but keep special like so uh, keep special provisions like social distancing and max mask wearing and protecting the vulnerable. Those who may have uh, comorbidities, conditions or maybe elderly. But for whatever reason, the Democrats have just said no over and over again until now. Mind you, some of them have come out saying, hey, actually, you see, recently there was one study. And now this is very much supported by Democrats, which shows that by actually allowing people to go out and work, there's enforced social distancing. So it actually reduces COVID. Think about that for a second. Makes sense. When you're in home, people just sit around and do whatever. They're touching all the same stuff. And this is why very early on in the pandemic, almost a year ago now, it was reported that those who were staying indoors were actually getting sick for two reasons, not getting access to sunlight, so no vitamin D. And well, when you're in a closed, confined space with a bunch of people, you're spitting and breathing on the same stuff and touching the same stuff and spreading it all around. When you go outside, it's much harder to spread. And more importantly, when you're in a bar, they can enforce social distancing, shut down half the tables. You can sit down. You're separated from everybody else. That actually reduces the spread because people are moving around and not in close contact with each other all the time. It's actually kind of counterintuitive, I guess. But once you think about it, it makes sense. If someone is in a house of five people and they work at a grocery store as an essential worker, they might get sick. They bring it home. Everybody else gets it. But what if the people all were out and the person comes home? Much less likely. Well, regardless of whether or not it's the right move now to you know, listen to what, say, Governor Cuomo has to say, backtracking on support for lockdowns, or maybe Lori Lightfoot, who says right now, um, that restaurants and bars need to be allowed to reopen as quickly as possible. Maybe, that, maybe they're right. OK, and I'd like to see it. I'd like everything kind of just chill out a little bit, go back to normal. But at least in some other countries, things are getting pretty crazy. Over at DW, we see this. Tunisia arrests over 600, deploys army after violent protests. Unrest spread across Tunisia after the government imposed an antivirus lockdown amid economic hardship. Many Tunisians are frustrated by the lack of political reforms a decade after the Arab Spring. I'm sure the anger that's bubbling up has more to do uh, than it, it's, it's not just the lockdowns. But when you've already got a, a country of people who are desperate, who are beaten down, and then you slap on these these lockdown measures, which are destroying what little they had left. It's no surprise. Six hundred people have been arrested. And guess what? They probably have. They, I, don't, I don't know if they have an immediate holding cell for this many people when they have riots like this. Same thing can be said for what's happening in the Netherlands. This story from today Dutch police arrest over 100 people at anti-government COVID-19 demonstration. They say more than 100 people were arrested in the Netherlands after a violent demonstration over the weekend against the government's COVID-19 restrictions. Police in Amsterdam fired a water cannon on an estimated 2,000 protesters who had gathered for an unauthorized rally on Sunday near the city's museum district. Stones were thrown at police officers, while other demonstrators carried weapons and fireworks. Amsterdam municipality said riot police issued an emergency order and took action to disperse the crowd because people were not adhering to social distancing measures. Let's go back to that first story and make a very important point. You wonder how it is that authoritarian regimes thrive. It's because example after example shows that the authorities, the police, the military, whatever, will just do what they're told because they don't want to be you. It's that simple. 
as the police in New York, for instance, look on at all the desperate people with no paycheck struggling to pay rent. They think I've got a job. I've got a job and I've got a paycheck and I'm not going to throw that away for you. It's remarkable. I wonder if there was ever really a point where we had community in this country and people who truly believed in the Constitution over themselves. But ego is king. So when you see these stories out of New York, where you've got a guy who's open up and opens up his bar donation only, and then the police line up blocking that. Why? Because they got a paycheck. They don't want to be you. Or you have the story, the nightmarish story out of, I think it's Bryn Mawr, New Jersey, Atlas Gym, where it was recently announced the government seized $173,000 from the bank account of the gym owners who are defying the lockdowns. That was their legal defense fund. If the government can take the money you use to pay your lawyers, how do you defend yourself in court? You can't. And that's the nightmarish reality of authoritarianism. Remarkably, it's the left cheering it on. I can't say I'm all that surprised. Now, it comes and goes in waves. Like, I, you know, we all know the right at one point several decades ago was very much into the moral authoritarianism. But now the, the establishment left, the Democrats, they're totally into it. And they have their faux progressive personalities on social media who prop them up. Back at Euro News, they say, quote, because of the danger to, to public health, it is important that everyone abides by the measures in force. The demonstrators present are not. They say water cannons were deployed after several warnings were issued to those gathered in Museum Pline, the authority added. Among the demonstrators was a group of 200 to 250 people who were clearly looking for a confrontation. Police later confirmed that a total of 143 people were arrested, including 16 for open violence, while 15 were detained. I am no fan of violence. I don't think it works. We are in the propaganda warfare age. Sit-ins, nonviolent disobedience. In Italy, there's a crazy story. Apparently, like 50,000 restaurants or whatever just opened their doors and there's this crazy video where the police come in and everyone just starts chant chanting freedom over and over again until the police leave. You know, these these officers who would crush the, these poor working class people in any country need to be told there is no room for them in these restaurants, in these stores, if they want to be the Praetorian guard for establishment elites too scared to actually lead their countries. It's simple. When you take a look at the data, there are tough, it's a tough road ahead. There are challenges. People will likely die. And it's horrifying. It is. But we are not gods. We can't control nature. So at a certain point, you have to do your best to protect the people. Be a statesman. Solve the problem. Don't create it. What do we get instead? Well, in the U.S., at least, you get feckless leaders like Cuomo or Governor Murphy of New Jersey who don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be blamed. So they just say, lock it down. Can't blame me then. Can't blame me for those who get sick because I just did everything possible, even though it destroyed everything. And then as soon as Joe Biden gets certified by the Joint Session of Congress, well, now he's like, we need to reopen. Great. Over at Euronews, they continue. The vast majority of other suspects were arrested for failing to comply. After an emergency ordinance came into force on Museum Plain, two officers and a police horse were injured during the protests while the authorities have not ruled out further arrests. Listen, I understand the anger. I understand the frustration and I can express it myself. I understand the anger 
for every protest for for Occupy Wall Street. I get it. The bankers, the elites, the one percent. I understand the anger at the war machine, the anti-war protests and Black Lives Matter. I understand where the protests are mad, what they're protesting for. In this instance, why would you injure the horse? It's probably not on purpose, but I've seen videos where leftist protesters have hit horses. Dude, come on. We're all we're all angry. We're all mad. We're all suffering. Maybe there's no easy solution to this stuff, but I can tell you this. While we may not all agree on what's on, on, the, on the solution, I think we can agree that our, our government is doing a very, very poor job of managing all this because they're more interested in the politics than the reality. I don't like I don't like hearing stories of anybody getting arrested or hurt or anything like that. When you engage in nonviolent civil disobedience, you typically will get arrested. You get a slap on the wrist. And I, I believe that is the appropriate way to challenge this, like the people in Italy. Austria announced they're actually extending their COVID lockdown, sees hard months ahead. Austria on Sunday extended its third COVID-19 lockdown into February, hoping to drive down infection rates despite an influx of variants that spread the coronavirus more, uh, more easily. I just don't see this as being the, the effective way to solve the problem. And they're going after they're going after regular people who are having gatherings. Now, look, I can't speak for Europe. Europe's got its problems. We're seeing riots in Europe. We've seen them in the past. We're seeing riots in Tunisia. But I can speak to the U.S. And we have a First Amendment right to peaceably assemble. It doesn't say anything about pandemics in the Constitution. So it is absolutely a, a violation of our rights to shut down anyone's right to peaceably assemble for any reason. You want to make an argument about shutting down, say, Atlas Gym. Their response was equal treatment under the law, the 14th Amendment. Basically, allowing the, the general store next to the gym to be open, but them to be closed made no sense. They challenged it. Perhaps there's a legal argument there. But if people want to peaceably gather in a parking lot or at a party, they're allowed to. It's the Constitution. From Eater, Los Angeles, LA officials considering all options for further lockdowns as COVID-19 rages on. Plus, Lunar New Year Foods, delivery robots in Santa Monica, and buy one, get one vegan egg sandwiches. I love that uh, subheader. Thanks for the information, Eater. We're very interested in our vegan eggs. But the, the bigger news here is that LA wants to lock down more. They want to extend this. It's, it's really weird, isn't it? Seeing New York and Chicago go the other direction. Don't ask me why. Lockdown partygoers tell police they're unaware of COVID as they don't watch the news. Hampshire places in the UK, mind you, attended the residence in Bassingstoke on, uh, on Saturday night and put a stop to the house party inside. I'm, I, I get it. I get it. I don't, they don't got a First Amendment right to gather there. But I bring this story up because when we hear about what's going on with the German detainment camps, I guess we'll just call them the German detainment camps. That, that's going to get me flagged on YouTube, by the way. When you see stories like this, what if there are people who don't know what's going on? Because they're ignorant. They don't pay attention. They have no idea what's happening outside their, outside their homes. Do they get sent to the Q zones as well? Probably. We've seen th stories like this. Really, really creepy ones. Look at this. Police arrest two people and fine six for violating Quebec's COVID-19 lockdown orders at a seven-person house party. This video went viral a while ago. Because you see the police actually come in, start arresting people. There's one really crazy video out of Scotland where the police go to the wrong house and arrest a, arrest a woman, even though she's in lockdown with her family. My friends, if you have not learned from history, then I'm sorry, but we are here and at this point, okay? 
The police are going door to door. They're arresting people for arbitrary nonsense. They're setting up detainment camps. New York has a bill. It's introduced in the Senate that would allow the governor to detain whoever he wanted suspected of uh, being in contact with someone with a contagious disease, any communicable disease. There was always going to be an excuse for the authoritarianism. It was never just going to appear overnight for no reason. They're telling you about all these strains and all these things. And I will tell you, there are real emergencies. It happens. Navigating them is difficult. But at a certain point, we should say surgical response, targeting the affected areas and keeping our economies functioning. Maybe the real goal in the end is just the destruction of the economy in the first place. I mean, the ultra elites get to go out and do whatever they want. You get people like Gavin Newsom of California being caught in a restaurant. What? No detainment camp for people like him, though. I'm sure the elites in Germany will get away with it as well. One of the one of the concerns people have, and I would say this is more of a conspiracy theory, but it, it still is happening, is that, look, this planet, we are depleting resources. There are very serious concerns over uh, ocean acidification and the garbage gyres in the ocean, as well as uh, oceanic dead zones and the collapse of fisheries. There are concerns that we're con- consuming too much too fast and we need some kind of balance. Well, what's happening now is that the ultra elites are defying the, the lockdowns, doing whatever they want, flying in private planes, not wearing masks, all that stuff. But it's the regular people who are told, well, they're the ones who have to suffer and sacrifice. And isn't it always that way, especially when it comes to global warming? Look, I used to, I used to uh, fundraise for environmental nonprofits to help solve these problems, to build awareness about climate change. But I never could get a good answer when they would say that when people I talk to people on the street and they'd say, I'd love to help. But why do I have to sacrifice what little I have when you've got people like Al Gore, these big old mansions when they're consuming 10 times what I am, they want me to give up what I got. And I got so little. Yet they would do 10 times worse. And you know what? They're right. These Democrats don't lead by example. They lead with an iron fist. They'll shut you down. They'll arrest you. They'll fine you. They will steal $173,000 out, out of your legal defense fund. Meanwhile, They'll go out and do whatever they want. Gavin Newsom will go out. Lori Life will get her haircut. Nancy Pelosi, get a haircut. Gretchen Whitmer, get a haircut. Over and over again, they don't care. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's how it goes, right? You see, the ultra wealthy probably recognize we do have problems. We've, we've got a pandemic. It's scary. We've got serious issues. But you know what? If everyone else cuts back, I can keep living this way. And that's, that's what I say is, is a bit of a conspiracy. Some people believe it's on purpose. The elites want what remains of the resources for themselves. So that means you have to sacrifice. I don't know if it's on purpose, but they're doing it either way. And I think for the most part, Hockham's razor suggests it's probably not like a plan, but they love it nonetheless. It's, it's quite simple, actually. As we are all in this together, pitching in, slowing down, many people giving up their jobs, the elites They're like, well, hey, if 99.9% of people have done what we need to do, what's the problem if I go out and do what I want? Let me tell you where this leads to. Right now in the U.S., you have these elites doing whatever they want. What happens when Germany sets up this detainment camp, Uh, which they already did, I guess? What happens when New York, if they pass this bill and then Cuomo gets to detain whoever he wants? 
they'll still justify it. Well, I'm just one person. I need to go on TV. I need to go out and eat with my friends. It's important government work. You, on the other hand, well, we have a special gulag for people like you. I've seen it over and over again. Everybody thinks they're more important. I have seen activists on the left claim that it's okay that they use Foxconn Labs produced phones and laptops, even though the people in, in, at the Foxconn laboratories are suicidal and walking off the building in mass. They say, but I'm more effective this way and I can do good. Everyone thinks they're the good guy. It's always that way. That's why you don't allow govern- the government or corporations to monopolize power. And that's why at the first sign of a detainment camp being set up, you say, stop, you're done, you're cut off, you've gone too far. I'd like to see any justification from anybody on the left for what they're doing in Germany right now or anywhere else they're doing it. It's insane. If somebody breaks quarantine, you bring them back to their house. How about that? No, it's all about power. It's all about power. And it's getting crazier by the minute. You know, we just have more and more stories and weird stories about the hysteria, the fear. And I get it. This one was kind of weird. Police arrest a man who hid for three months at Chicago in Chicago's, I believe, O'Hare Airport because he was scared to fly over COVID. You've got too much in the media. You've got too much fear and too much power to the government. The latest news from the CDC is that they're going to be requiring, I believe, as as, as of January 26th, to enter the U.S., all air passengers must have proof of a negative COVID-19 test or recovery from COVID-19. They say if you plan to travel internationally, get tested before you travel by air into the United States or be prepared to show proof of a recent positive viral test and a letter from your healthcare provider or official saying you were cleared for travel. They say when this goes into effect, the order will replace a previous order currently in effect and signed by the CDC director on December 25th, 2020. They say, does this requirement apply to all U.S. citizens? The order applies to all air passengers two years of age or older traveling into the U.S., including U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents. You know why this is this is alarming? Okay, listen, I get I get the point. I understand why they're doing this. But you realize that government officials won't care. Look, for the for uh, to all the Democrats, they're saying that, you know, Republicans don't want to wear masks. Well, there you go. Hey, Democrats. Good example. These politicians will just flaunt the rules, right? Right. My friends, we've gotten to the point where detainment camps are being set up or have been. We're to the point where in New York, they've proposed this. This is where we must say it's time to slow this down. Stop for a second. Have a conversation. Now, like I mentioned, there's apparently going to be a European convention talking about what what they're going to do with lockdowns. And I got to be honest with what we're hearing from Lori Lightfoot and Governor Cuomo. We may be now at the point where the Democrats say, "Okay, okay, fine. Now we'll lift the lockdowns. Why? Well, Biden's about to be president. Right. Right. Now they're going to give him all the credit for all this stuff. And there you go. Isn't it obvious? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. live over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Make sure you check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be talking a lot more about this one more time. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Help support the show because conversations like this probably won't be long for the Internet. CNN is trying to get me and many others banned because they can't handle the competition. So it's coming soon. The purge is here. and It's only gotten worse. Please support the show if you like it. Otherwise, I will see you or, or and 
I will see you tonight at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you then.